0: You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with Rev. Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening that they might be blessed by what is said help each listener to know and understand how much you love them and that you sent your son Jesus Christ to save them and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives amen today we have with us again Adrian Evans of Adrian Francis Ministries and she has a ministry to Egypt where she has conferences uh, for young people, and also starting some classes for English in Egypt, and we're very happy to have her back with us.
0: Well, Pastor Trudy, it's awesome to be here again, and everybody out there in listener land, it's good to be in your space again, as I call it. Um, at last, last session, we talked about the the people in the Bible that they the nameless heroes and the heroines that, that we very rarely talk about um, and I said this session we'd talk a little bit more about the young servant girl her story is found in two kings chapter five and she's the she 's the young servant girl that told Naaman the great and noble commander that he should go to Samaria and the prophet elisha would pray for him and heal him this this little girl, the greatness in her just inspires me personally. When, when we look, I want to look at, at something, a life, I call them life lessons from ordinary people, a life lesson that we can see in this little girl and be encouraged by, be inspired to be like her. And when we look at her, we see that even in her captivity, she continued to see greatness in others. So often when we're in captivity because of any number of circumstances that hold us captive and we feel shut in from everything else, it's like we shut down. And but this little girl, she continued to let her light shine. She continued to see greatness in others. When we look at her story, she was taken from her home, her country, by enemy soldiers. All that she ever knew was destroyed. One day she was with her friends and the next day she was being taken to the marketplace in Damascus and sold as common goods. The total panorama of her life changed overnight. Yesterday she was a young girl enjoying her family, her friends, her home, her freedom. Today she's in the marketplace being sold to the highest bidder, so to speak. Naaman bought her for his household to be the servant for his wife. And here we see true greatness in a young woman. She didn't allow the hardship or the injustice to influence how she saw life and how she saw others. She ministered to Naaman's wife. Her heart would be touched with compassion towards Naaman. He was battling the incurable sickness of leprosy. The young girl showed her true character in her attitude as she acknowledged the greatness and the goodness of Naaman and she pointed him towards Elisha, the prophet of God. I I love this this idea. It's our attitude, which is our attitude is our external position uh, done by the inward feelings and the, the thinking and attitude, is, is, it's described as some by the external showing of our internal condition. Uh, somebody with a bad attitude doesn't have a happy spirit. <laughs> somebody, and, and it's, attitude is described by some as external showing of an internal condition. It would have been so easy for her to be bitter and angry. But in her captivity, let me say it again, even by the people who bought her for money, she continued to see greatness. Charles Swindon made this powerful statement about attitude. He said, the longer I live, the more I realise the impact of attitude on life. Attitude, to me, is more important than facts. It is more important than the past than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think, say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church or a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding attitude we will embrace for that day. I'm convinced, he said, that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. What an incredibly compelling statement. There's a lot of truth in that, that statement and sometimes it's a little ouch statement <laughs> some days I, I find. But we're told this young girl's, we are not told, I'm sorry, that this young girl's bought, bought freedom for her. We're not told that she was promised a great reward. We're not told that she acted out of goodness and integrity and just the Christ in her um, to get a reward because we don't know if she ever got rewarded because of this. Um, She didn't do it for reward. It was simply who she was. Her attitude of compassion and reaching out to somebody she had learned to respect even in her captivity. I think that's awesome, Pastor Trudy. I think that's, and and I don't know that I could have that same story written about me, to tell you the truth. Um, But here, injustice, when we look at injustice today, it's sadly common. Injustice everywhere. You know, it's a story. Bad things happen to good people. Injustice is everywhere and, and many times it's beyond what we can do about it and, and it's it's how we respond, how we respond that will determine the peace in our heart and the favour on our life. Uh, God is more a responder to heart attitude in our circumstances than the circumstances themselves. I often tell people, you know, when, when life is just so hard, just and people either have wronged them, uh, injustice has served them a terrible hand, that just keep your heart sweet. Just keep sweet. Keep soft. Keep tender. Don't allow hardness to come in and don't start the blame game. You know, this is happening because we watch our attitude, which is our external appearance of an internal condition. And so injustice is not always committed by others, it can be in our own condemnation that, that God is, you know, sometimes it's hard on ourselves. Uh, I, I don't know, Pastor Trudy, but sometimes I'm really hard on myself. I, 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 it's hard for me to give myself a break. It's hard for me to forgive myself, you know, or if I do something and say something that I, I shouldn't say, I just get so down on myself. Well, I think part
1: of that is somewhere along the line, we had the sense that unless we were perfect or we did everything right, we weren't going to be loved. And I tie that to what I call performance orientation, that we have to always be performing. And that leads to a lot of discontent. And like you say, looking at ourselves and being unhappy, whereas God looks on us. He knows our hearts, and that's key. That sometimes, in spite of the circumstances we face, how uh, do we allow that to affect us? And the thing is that, however, there is a spiritual law called sowing and reaping, and that is that if I react negatively and I sow negative, I'm going to reap negative, and unfortunately, multiplied because God set up the law of sowing and reaping to be a blessing, but then we fell into sin. So we really need to recognize that that law is as much a law as gravity and other things. And so what we want in our lives is what we need then to sow into other lives.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool. I, I was thinking about, in our, it can be this injustice is our own condemnation of the greatness that God has given us as individuals. We, we can imprison the ability of God in us by continually telling ourselves that we serve no value or purpose. I, I'm not on the big stage of the world, so I have no purpose, I have no place. And, and by constantly comparing with others and looking with others, um, we are unjust to ourselves. We imprison all this injustice being served against all that we've been created to do. We need to, we need to just open up and appreciate all the greatness that God has given us to do and not compare, but understand that whatever the task I have, let my light shine, keep my attitude strong and be who I'm called to be. I think, unfortunately, in our world today,
1: uh, women especially have very low self-esteem because they're always compared. Well, I'm not thin enough, or uh, I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And it does a great disservice because a lot of times, young women don't discover the gifts that they were given before they were even born by God that God is going to use to bless them and to bless other people.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um, I love um, the lessons. Um, part of the reason I did this whole blog idea was to realize that we can learn from people in the Bible that seem almost insignificant. Now, I, I bet you next time we read this story, we'll, we'll look at the servant girl. You know, it's like we can read over so quickly her life, but when we see the life lessons, one of them that we can learn from her, I'm inspired, I'm encouraged. And, you know, if she can do it, so can I. I've had more training, I've had more life, more years ahead, and yet, sadly, I'm not sure that I would measure up to, the, to, to, the, to what she set, you know, the standard she set. This... this precious young captive girl teaches us how she handled loss in captivity with grace and dignity and let the power of God shine. I I don't know. I think that's amazing to me. Um, What do you think, Pastor Trudy? I can think of the days that I sat at the back
1: of the church and very happy to be there. And God really had to do a work in me to get me to be willing to step forward and do anything in the beginning as far as ministry went. And finally, he managed to get me there. But it is a process because I was raised up at a time where women weren't in positions of any kind of power or authority or influence. And so I was perfectly content. I'd been conditioned to believe that that was okay. And now, uh, I'm thankful that God wouldn't let me stay there, that He caused us to caused me to come forward and be the person He wanted me to be.
0: i um i i I think of this young girl and um and another thing we can say here that we can see through this girl's life that regardless of emotions or who or what we're surrounded by, the light of God continues to shine to affect purpose and always desires to do good. Um, If I can have a few more minutes, um, this this story, uh, when you think about you get into a dark situation and your light shines, I think of the Dream Center in California. There's the story about Matthew Barnett, the founder of the Dream Center. And uh, as a young man, he was passionate, excited. He went to Los Angeles to build a church. He was a very good preacher. He came from a strong Christian family. And after a while, he was totally disillusioned because he wasn't seeing results. His church wasn't growing. Actually, it was getting smaller. But what, what happened to him next was a result of someone whose light would shine in some of the darkest places. In the early hours of one morning, he was led by a, a word from God. God woke him up to go to the park down the road that was filled with drug addicts, drug pushers and prostitutes. Everywhere he looked down there, he saw broken and defeated humanity. <clears throat> He said as he stood there, he said these words rang out in his heart. He said, I did not bring you here to build a great church. I brought you here to build people, these people. And God said, you build the people and I will build the church. And this certainly was not the congregation that he was aiming for or targeting. But we see the Dream Center today, reaching out one of the strongest ministries around, reaching the poor, they're preaching. And, and God called people to, to sow, to give, as his focus was building people. He stood in that park amongst broken humanity and light shone through him and something in him ignited purpose, and the passion and the love and the life of God in those around him. This is how the Dream Center started. For me, uh, Pastor Trudy, I was really encouraged by that, that that our light can shine. We don't have to be in church for our light to shine. We need our, our light to shine in the darkest places and people will often say, well, God won't go there. God will go everywhere there's darkness because he wants the light in the darkness. And this is, this is some of the things that, that we've, some of the wrong teachings, I believe, we've been taught. Uh, David said, even I go to the lowest parts of hell, he said, though I cannot escape your spirit. God wants to go into the darkness. He wants people in all the hard places, like this young girl that we find ourselves in, the hard places, he still wants us to allow His light to shine, the light of Christ, the love of God, the care for others, the care that what happens to somebody else is more important than what happens to me, even in this particular time. I I am so moved. I could think of so many more things to say about this young girl, but I just wrote this. The young servant girl has captured our hearts. She's an inspiration to us all circumstances can imprison us in many different ways life can have us believe we have nothing to give but we do as our heart is always tender towards God and towards God and man his love continues to shine and bring powerful change to people in need around us in return because God because of his love in us we experience greater peace, greater joy, greater fulfillment, and greater satisfaction in life. Thank you, Pastor Trudy.
1: Well, we know that God is a restorer. And what came to mind when you were talking about the Dream Center, and I don't know if you're aware of it, but Jim Baker was restored out of that. His whole ministry had been destroyed, taken down, and he was there. And uh, right now, He's back to where he was with uh, his PTL network. He's an encouragement to especially prophetic people. He also has uh, offered many things to help provide for people in the sense of food that can be stored and available. But we all need restoration in many instances. Uh, People who have gone through life tragedies for instance, especially if you've gone through a divorce or a major illness, that we need help to get back. And each of us can choose to be a part of someone else's restoration, to mm-hmm. to bring light to their darkness. Because we all do have dark times. Even the most successful people, if they're honest, will say that they've gone through difficulties Sometimes they've been betrayed by people close to them. And I think we tend to think if people have wealth and and all kinds of luxuries, that they're absolutely happy. And unfortunately, that's often not true. Uh, That people who have families and uh, extended families and they share time together and they're loved, are often happier than those people that have so much. We need to try to figure out where God wants us. What is it that we're meant to be doing, no matter how difficult our situation. I hear story after story over the phone sometimes, and I can't believe that people have overcome some of the difficulties that they have gone through and still feel that they want to help others and Be used by God. Mm. God will restore you. Uh, One of the things that I've probably learned most was that out of every negative dark thing that God can bring uh, life out of that and often an answer to a part of a dream that we may have had for our lives. I went through a very difficult period at one point in my life where I didn't even care if I lived. And so I said, God, I don't, can't imagine what good you can bring out of this. But today I can happily say he's brought a ministry out of it that seeks to help and restore many people. Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you.
0: We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way. To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.